Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Television Archive. The show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved medium. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Fringe. Today we will be discussing Season 1, Episode 4, titled The Arrival. A freaking fantastic episode, and... Quite possibly the most significant of any season one episode of Fringe. Uh, Quite possibly the most significant episode in these early stages. Like, the things that happen... First off, this episode's dense. Holy crap, there's so much going on there. But also... This episode sets the foundation for... I'd say about 90% of the series. Like, the things, the plot lines that this episode starts, the storylines that begin with this episode inform damn near everything that happens in the remaining episodes of the show. And I'm, I, I swear to God, I'm not being hyperbolic when I say that. Like, this is a super important episode. Uh, And easily the most significant thing that happens in this episode is for the first time we meet the Observer. This weird dude in a suit with no hair, like he's completely bald, no eyebrows. He eats roast beef sandwiches with a shit ton of pepper and hot sauce and... Jalapeno stack on top of it. He eats it super fast. Like, he gulps it all down in like a second, weirdly enough. Uh, he has this, like, weird futuristic technology. Uh, he's able to know what you're, what you're gonna say before you say it. And here's the kicker. He has shown up at... Damn near every single pattern case up until this point. It seems every time there is a pattern case, there is a damn good chance this guy is spotted in or around that area. Uh, And this guy pops up on our radar for the first time uh, because Olivia Dunham notices that, wait a minute... All these photos of pattern cases, he's there, he's there, he's there, he's there, he's there. And then she reports this to Broyles, and Broyles is like, yeah, we we knew about this guy. It took us a year to spot him. You did it in three weeks. You're smart, we're dumb, basically. (laughs) Uh, So, we meet this guy, and we sort of are exploring what the hell this dude is. While at the same time, this weird-ass cylinder shows up, tunneling from the Earth. It it comes up one day, causing an explosion at a construction site. The Observer takes a keen interest in this cylinder. It's 
strange. We don't know what it is. It looks like solid metal, but it's vibrating. Like, it's transmitting something we figure out. And we can't figure out what this is. We can't figure out what this is. We can't figure out what this is. But we do know that something similar happened in the 80s. Another cylinder came in in 89, I believe. And we talked to the colonel that was there. And apparently, same MO as the cylinder that showed up now. And after about 48 hours, it quote-unquote exploded down and was gone forever. So, left as quickly and mysteriously as it appeared. So, we don't know what the cylinder is. We don't know what the cylinder is. And really the only substantive thing we do know about it is that there is some dude coming after the cylinder. There is some dude that really, really wants this cylinder, that knows about the cylinder and is just rushing to get it. Played by Michael Kelly, by the way. Uh, Michael Kelly, Doug Stamper in House of Cards. We actually talked about him on this show before. Uh, He had a recurring arc in Person of Interest where he played Mark Snow. Uh... So he's there, he wants this, he has this weird future gun, he's going around shooting people with it and interrogating people by tunneling into their brains and literally hearing their thoughts. And basically hearing thoughts that they don't know they had because apparently ideas can be subconsciously absorbed through osmosis. Apparently, in this world, ideas can be subconsciously absorbed without you realizing it through osmosis. Like, the entire idea of communication is entirely warped in this really interesting, really fascinating way uh, that this Michael Kelly character preys off of. And we don't know what he wants this cylinder for, we just know... He wants this cylinder. He really, really wants this freaking cylinder. And he keeps coming after it. And very quickly, this comes on the radar of our fringe division. And immediately they're like, okay, okay, we got to get this to a secure facility. We got to figure this out. We need to, we need to... We need to protect this thing. By the way, worth noting, there's also a very, very significant character arc here where Peter Bishop desperately wants to leave. Peter Bishop has just had enough of Walter's shenanigans, has just had enough of all of this. He wants out. He wants to be gone. He wants to get the hell away from here. Like, he's just mentally done. His limits has been tested. He wants to F off. He makes it very clear that this is the last case. 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 This becomes very important to the plot. Uh, But Walter sends Peter to get some tinfoil. Because he's like, this will protect us. This will protect us. We need to uh, wrap the cylinder in tinfoil so it can't be tracked. Blah, 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 blah. And then as soon as Peter's gone... Walter 
knocks out Astrid with a syringe, and then Fs off with a cylinder. Takes the cylinder and leaves. So he goes completely rogue, hides the cylinder, and meets with the Observer. He sits down at a diner with the Observer, talks to him as if he knows him, and is aware of the Observer, and has met this guy before, and then makes himself known to the FBI and comes back in and blah, 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 blah. So they're questioning him and questioning him and questioning him. Where'd you put the cylinder? Where'd you put the cylinder? Where'd you hide the cylinder? Where'd you hide the cylinder? And Walter's like, I can't say, I can't say, I can't say, I can't say. And he mentions that he met the Observer. Drops that bombshell. And Peter, being completely mentally done with everything here, is just like, no, you didn't. You saw pictures of him, and you formed this delusion. And Walter snaps, and is just like, hey, I know what I'm doing. I am not a child. I am not meant to be babied. And he says, he he drops the uh, bombshell comment, you're just like your mother. Always uh, doubting me and questioning me, blah, 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 blah. And then Peter gets really pissed off and is like, you know what? No, guilt gone. I'm leaving forever now. Goodbye. And so there's this big, like, seismic... That's all, folks. Seismic rift between the bishops at the moment. And then as Peter's preparing to leave, he gets kidnapped by Michael Kelly. And he interrogates him, does the whole thought interrogation, ideas through osmosis thing... And he basically goes on this whole line of questioning. Think about your father. Think about your father. Now think about his hiding places. Does your father have any hiding places? Does your father have any other hiding places besides car and house? And something comes up. A thought makes itself known. And then we come to this. Excellent graveyard sequence. By the way, Olivia tells Walter that Peter's been kidnapped, and Walter's like, oh, crap, he'll tell him. (laughs) Oh, crap, he'll say what this, uh, where this thing is. Without even knowing it, he'll say. Uh, But they go to this graveyard, and they go to the grave of a Robert Bishop. And, wait, is it Robert? I can't remember. I think it was Robert. Might have been something else. I can't remember. Point is, it was another bishop. It was another member of the bishop clan that uh, they go to the grave of. And apparently Walter hid the cylinder here. And Michael Kelly has Peter dig this thing up as Olivia's closing in and as Olivia's gearing up to rescue him. They get the cylinder. Michael Kelly runs just as Olivia is coming over. And we get this, like, big chase as Peter's like, no, I can free myself, starts cutting ropes. Uh, And Olivia chases this dude. Eventually, she catches up to him. She shoots him. He's 
super dead. The cylinder explodes down, goes away, leaves, and the observer's like, oh, departure came on schedule. And then Peter just tackles the observer and gets in this whole altercation with him. And Peter starts to kind of question this dude as they're in this bit of a standoff. And then the observer in this amazingly written scene that I absolutely love. The observer starts speaking in unison with Peter, saying everything Peter says as he says it. And then, like, (laughs) it gets to the point where Peter does the, I'm going to say words so random that you can't possibly know what I'm going to say. And goes like, apple, banana, rhinoceros. And observer absolutely says it along with him. And then the observer just says everything Peter's going to say before he says it. So Peter doesn't even have the chance to speak along with him. The observer just goes, just jumps the gun, and, like, basically says, Do you know my father? Did you meet with him earlier today? Are you his friend? Blah, 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 blah. And then the observer stuns Peter and leaves. And this is enough for Peter to go, Okay, look. This was the straw that broke the camel's back. I have no idea what the hell is happening here. I have no idea what's going on. And I am not leaving until I have answers. Because I I am starting to believe what everyone's saying. That this is just the beginning. I am starting to believe what everyone's saying. That there is a whole lot of... Whole lot of bad happening here. I am starting to believe what everyone's saying. That there's a whole lot of bad going on. And it's, uh... It's only at the start. So Peter's back. He's all good. Uh, Walter gets released and apologizes to Astrid in a very Walter way. <laughs> Saying, like, if it's uh, if you want retribution, I'd ask you to drug me, but I'd probably enjoy it. So, uh, sorry, I, I, I thought I, I, I did what I thought was right, blah, 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 blah. It's a very Walter apology. <laughs> And it's great. And it's a lovely moment. And Peter confronts Walter and is like, Hey, uh, so... How the hell do you know the Observer? What the hell's going on? What is any of this? And then Walter... Tells Peter about this car crash. That they got into when... Peter was very, very young. Now, the story that Peter had been told up until this point is that... Uh, they went off the road, they went on the ice, the car went under the icy water, and then Walter, uh, rescued Peter, and they both swam to safety. This story's bullshit. Turns out, Walter was completely immobilized by, like, the freezing cold. They were gonna die, and then the observers showed up and saved both of them. And without even saying anything, Walter knew that the Observer was going to need his help someday to do something for him in return. And when the Cylinder showed up, Walter just instinctively knew this is it. Somehow he just knew this is the thing, this is the thing I was being prepared for. This is the thing that that the Observer saved my life to do. So the Observer saved Walter and Peter's lives. Uh, 
There's so much I want to say. There's so much I want to say, but I won't say it. Suffice it to say, we'll come back to this story many, 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 many times. But there is also a subplot that we haven't talked about yet. So, Olivia, at some point in the episode, gets a call from John Scott. You know, the guy who's freaking dead. And it's just like a few words, and then there's a hang-up, blah, 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 blah. And Olivia says like, hey, trace this call, trace this call. And the person on the other end's like, um, there have been no calls in the last few hours. And Olivia's like, what the, what the hell? Fast forward to the ending. Olivia's in her apartment just chilling out after a long day of hunting Observer. And John Scott's there. Very much not dead. And it's like, hey, Liv. And Olivia just, like, loses grip on the bowl of cereal she's got. And it just uh, smashes on the ground and all that. And that's the end. Again, so much I want to say. So much I want to say that I won't say any of it. Oh, boy. Uh, suffice it to say, this is definitely not a spoiler. You definitely probably picked up on this from this ending. John Scott's story, not as over as you thought it was. John Scott's story, not as over and done with as you believed it to be. More on that in future episodes. Uh, but yeah, this episode, it's... It's so good. It's so freaking fantastic, and I love literally everything about it. It's an amazing, amazing hour that like I really do think is like a huge turning point for the series. Anyway, uh, if you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives, so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as you go through every single episode of this and other shows, and you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's as simple as just push a button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468. And support the show, Patreon.com slash ThomasClark. Pledge just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. If you become a patron, you can also get access to the Television Archive Supplemental, which I'll be putting up there once every month. Or, if that's not work for you, you can also support their show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Tomorrow we will be discussing Season 1, Episode 5. Talk to you then.